Well, hey, and welcome to another episode of the Becoming Better podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Krismer, and we're so glad you're here. Well, on today's episode, Josh and I sit down and we discuss the weight of leadership and teaching, and the weight of the words that we say, and how to speak life rather than death to those around you. As always, if you've not yet listened to the message from Sunday, I do encourage you to pause this episode now and go back and do that. Josh did a a great job exegeting James chapter three, at least to the very beginning of it. Uh, You wanna listen to that before continuing on as it's gonna help this conversation make much more sense to you. And as always, if you have any questions or comments from Sunday's message, we do hope that you join us at quadcity.church slash podcast, where you could submit your questions to be answered right here on the show. Well, hey, thanks again for spending this time with us. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Hey Josh, good morning. Hey, good morning, everybody. It's just uh, just the two of us. Just the two of us. <laughs> oh, I should have I should have put the song out. You should have. It's a good song. Didn't even think about it. Uh, Jason's um, out. He's at a conference this week. Uh, good for him. And uh, so that leaves you and I to uh, chat about this week's sermon, which you preached anyway. Yeah. So that kind of works out. It does. Yeah, and too right. It's a Tuesday. We know. I know some of you are. Probably going to be listening to this Wednesday or Thursday, wondering where we were on Tuesday. And we, yeah, the offices were closed because it was President's Day. It sure was. I don't really know. One of the boys asked me, like, what are we celebrating on this day? And I'm like, I thought it's a couple of them's birthday. I just can't was remember. It? I thought that's the reason for it. I'm you not, know, not 100% sure. It's just one of those days that you kind of forget about. And then you look forward to it because it's a day it's a day off work. Yeah. It is uh, this year we got really lucky because in, in Prescott, as those of you who have been here for more than a couple of years, well know like the weather this time of year is very unreliable. Like you just never know what it's going to be like right. between now and Easter. It's like up and down, all, all sorts of crazy. This year it was beautiful. Yeah, like was yesterday great. was was incredible. It. Uh, like we went, Courtney and I went for a walk in the morning and then in the afternoon, it was like 62 degrees, sunny. We went up, went for a hike. It was awesome. Really great day out yesterday. Went for so, a hike? I went for a hike, yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a grueling hike? No, it wasn't bad. So um, yeah, so I mean like recovery update. I uh, to been walking around. I did a little bit of jogging the other day. So, you know, just kind of crazy crazy bounce back sort of situation. Definitely. I mean, it hurts, right? It's not right. Like a, yeah. But say yesterday was probably like, Woof. yeah, it's not like a, Oh, I feel great. I'm running, right. you know, eight minute miles again. That's not happening. Right. But I ran for 45 seconds in a row and I was like, Oh, cool. Okay. Okay. Uh, so the hike we went on though was like over, um, you know, 89 at the roundabout by the Fippin museum. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the Constellation Trails over there. <clears throat> just are really nice because it's um, pretty much like one-use trails, like lots of hikers rather than, you know, mountain bikers and that sort of thing. So if we're just going for a hike, that's kind of our go-to just because yeah. it's a little bit less crowded. So Porter, uh, Courtney and I grabbed the dog and went and walked around there for a mile or two. And it was like a little bit of up and down rocks and that was all good. Like I felt pretty good. I was walking the dog and 
there was one moment where uh, she like kind of pulled a little bit and I was on some of the DG, that like real loose gravel stuff yeah. and I slipped a little and I was like, oh, that hurt. And then <laughs> it was one of those like, oh, it hurts for a second and now we're good again. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, we're, we're bouncing back. That's nice. I was telling you a minute ago, uh, so spring's like one of my favorite seasons. I love summer. So the spring for me is like the light at the end of the, the winter tunnel. Oh, hey, man. It's like we're getting there. We're getting there. starting to get warm. Now it is demoralizing because in three weeks, it's probably going to snow again, right? So we're going <sighs> to get cold. I'm sure that's going to happen. <sighs> but we're almost there. The other thing that I love about spring is it's almost baseball season. It is. Prescott Little League is like right around the it corner. Is. I know basketball is not even done yet. It's not. I love basketball, love basketball season, but it is nothing. There is nothing like baseball season. For yeah. me. Love baseball season. So we were out yesterday. I was throwing a little, uh, uh, like really pathetic batting practice because I could barely throw, <laughs> right? Because my shoulder's broken. But I was like getting them there. Porter was hitting. It was super fun getting back into the swing of that. So Yeah. Yeah, we'll, uh, so Brendan and I are doing a baseball team, so we're doing a minors team if you guys want to come out. I recommend coming out probably later in the year. It's really cold, like March and April. Whew, that sun goes down. It is chilly. Um, but, yes, it's still basketball season, so, my, you know, <laughs> still coaching. So uh-huh. my team, we have one more game this weekend, and then it's the playoffs the following week. So next week will be playoff time. So next week on the podcast, I'll update everybody yeah. if you want to come see all of my craziness out there coaching uh, our teams. So. Do both of your teams, do they do playoffs for both yeah, of those so both, uh, Yeah, so the 9 and 10 and 11 12. Both of them will be able to make it, so we'll both be in it. So we'll know after Saturday. We'll know sometime Sunday, I guess, uh, nice. when we're actually playing. Yeah, and yesterday was fun for us, too. It was uh, Silas's birthday, so we turned 7 yesterday. Uh, so we went and got him a new bike because oh. the bike he had was a bike he got probably when he was oh, we're still in Kentucky. So he's five. Yeah. So it was a little bike, right? A tiny bike. And so he was struggling to like get going. So um, he had just like, he couldn't figure it out. Like he could ride, but he'd fall, you know, the training. So it was like, but he got the big bike and just took off yesterday. Nice. So it's funny because Gideon is real hesitant at riding a bike and he yeah. couldn't figure it out. And he's just a little more fearful. That's kind of his thing. Um but he saw Silas doing it, and he was mad. He was like, "What?" <laughs> so he just grabbed Judah's bike and was just took off. And I was like, "See, man, like you just like you just were afraid of it. Just go right." So because it was nice weather and all that, they got to ride their bike yesterday. And there were some friends down the street that they're riding their bike. And then uh, we didn't really do a ton of ton of stuff. Just kind of hung out and enjoyed life. So it had a yeah had a birthday. Slash kind of birthday party. So nice. I think we always let our kids pick where they want to eat. Size so pick Chick Fil A. I don't know why. Sweet. Of all the places, you can go anywhere. Like no sky's the limit is what we gonna say. And he was like, I want Chick Fil A. And he was like, Isn't this sandwich so good, Dad? I'm like, Yeah, it's great. It's a pretty good. It's sandwich. a good sandwich, man. I'm not gonna lie. We just ate it Saturday, but it's fine. We'll eat it again for your birthday. It's whatever, you know. But he was like jazzed to eat Chick Fil A and have that's fantastic have cake. So that's there what you do. Yeah, love that. There the. Uh, Riding a bike is like a whole new level. Like I, when Porter started riding his bike, he was like experienced freedom for the first time. Uh-huh. Right, like you just go do something, yeah. like ride wherever he wants to ride. Obviously, we ride with him a bunch, but yeah. uh, and he like he's a bike kid. Like uh, I don't know what the other milestones are. Like swimming, right? Porter yeah. was a slower swimmer. Like we just didn't have access to a pool when yeah. he was real young. So like he can swim now, but like this last summer was like, you know, we're living in Granville, so we can go to that pool. So we yeah, went yeah. like every other day and I was like, dude, you need to learn how to swim. Like, come on, let's let's figure this out. But he picked that up super slowly. With the bike thing, it was like as soon as he was walking, he had a little balance bike. Yeah. And he was on it. Like loved, loved doing that. As soon as we got him a pedal bike, he figured that out pretty quickly. 
And then similarly, his pedal bike was getting kind of small, so we upgraded him. Found a great deal on the bike up in Flagstaff last year. Uh, it's like a little six-speed bike, and he got that. And when he when he got that bike, it was like a totally different level of like he's riding around. He's keeping up with uh, Courtney and I when we're riding around with mm-hmm. him, uh, and it is so much fun. One of the coolest things that so Porter and I got into the habit like the end of last school year when the weather's real nice, like right yeah. leading into summer. Um, I would pick him up on Fridays early release, and I would load the bikes up. And we'd go downtown, and we would ride on the Little Urban Trail downtown oh, yeah. next to the creek there. We'd just, like, ride up and down, ride around downtown. Yeah. It wasn't super busy. And he, like, we'd do that for, like, two hours, awesome. grab some lunch, yeah. like, just hang out. And he he absolutely loved it. Yeah, our boys it, have so. been scooter kids. They love that. They got scooters, like, real early, all of them, like, three. Yeah. And they, like, they can get it. So we got, actually, electric scooters for Christmas. And oh, so they're nice. having a blast with them. They just hop on them. And yeah. They're just, out and they ride around the neighborhood. We live like kind of on a cul-de-sac. Well, not really. We have a, we live on a U essentially. Yeah. So we don't we're not a through street. Um, and so they can ride up and down. So and ultimately I don't care. Like ride the neighborhood. Yeah. yeah They're yeah. like, we're going out to go on our stuff. I'm like, all right, man, go. Have like, fun. Yeah, I have real we're real I just said unless Amos is with them. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's fair. Hey, if Amos is with you, can, can but he's got his little scooter now, he got his <laughs> first scooter. He's zooming out too with them. He's ready to go. So that's awesome. Yeah, luckily we have enough bikes now that I'm like, oh, we should be good. Like, cause you should have bikes forever. And yeah. Like, well, I don't have to pass them down to For you. sure. Yeah, it's like no. I guess as Judah gets bigger, that'd be the only one. Yeah, he gets but, the new yeah. one. So that was like that was like, are we are we going to give like Silas to Judah? I was like, no, let's buy him his own bike. Nice. He gets to pick it out. So he got to go yesterday, pick out his own bike. That was a birthday present That's for super us. Fun. Yeah. Like he was jazz. He was pumped, right? You know, being that third kid, a lot of hand me downs. Yeah. You know? So I'd imagine. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was, I was the third, but I had two older sisters. Oh, so so it didn't quite do, work, yeah, didn't quite work that way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely. That's really funny. Cool. Let's jump in. Uh, so yesterday we were, uh, we kicked off James chapter three. Um, dug into the first few verses there. Um, what, one through? One through 12. 12, okay. And uh, man, thought you did a great job. Really good text, super fun, really applicable. This is like one of those, you know, a lot. there's a lot of these in James where yeah. it's like a chunk of scripture that is like directly applicable to, to our day-to-day lives. It's yeah. less ethereal, more concrete, which I think is always really well received. So I th- thought you did a good job with that. Um, predominantly talking about Right, our language, like the right. power of the tongue and yeah. the indication of the position of our heart by what we're saying, yeah. right? And there's lots of good reminders in there. But before we got there, like definitely you didn't pass over this really stark warning right. for those of us who are teachers, yeah. right? So like right off the bat in James chapter three, um, we get this warning for those of us who teach and instruct and lead, mm-hmm. right? And I know you had made the, the mention of like, hey, our team doesn't take this very lightly. Oh. Um, but because this wasn't like the the primary uh, point of this text, I know we wanted to spend a little bit more time mm. uh, on this idea for those of us who teach, like we will be judged more strictly. It's funny because I know, especially over the last few years, like we as a team have been really intentional around some of this stuff because um, there's a real you know common thing that happens where, uh, people really love the idea of teaching. Mm-hmm. And like, it's a really desirable position. A lot of people, you know, are wired in a way, especially if you were a business leader for a long time or if you held a position of leadership and in your career, it's like, oh man, I want to go teach a thing. I want to go mm-hmm. do a thing. I want to teach the Bible study. I want to go start the new thing. And I love the energy that comes with that stuff. 
But I also, I know that we've been really intentional about trying to slow a little bit of that down within the context of texts just like this yep. and the stark warnings of, of making sure that we as a team and also the people that we're shepherding and leading feel the sense of responsibility around, specifically around teaching and leading mm-hmm. a thing. So I know we've done a good, uh, I think a good enough job of that. But what else for those who are teachers or mm-hmm. who think maybe, maybe I have this gift what else can we share with those people around what it's like to draw the balance of this, what I believe is, a, is an appropriate tension? Like, this shouldn't be debilitating. This, yeah. We shouldn't look at this as if, oh, gosh, people who teach are going to be judged more harshly, so I'm never going to teach anything. Like, mm. I don't think that should stop us. So how do we look at it with caution, but also this idea that, hey, okay, I'm being called to a higher standard. Let me lean into that. Yeah, that's a great question. Again, I think the primary role um, for uh, obviously teaching is building the church, right? When we think through uh, the the Gospels and then the New Testament letters, so much of that was revolved around them showing up and teaching and um, uh, the text, uh, the scriptures, the life of Jesus, right? And so that's how in which we go about what we do. That's how we communicate. And so if that's the primary role, it should be something that's looked at with a real level of caution. Like my words have the opportunity to build the church for good, but also things that I say um, in jest or flippantly or uh, deliver whatever, right? Also have the opportunity to not just destroy uh, my life, but the life of others who are listening and are engaged. And then the, and within the community, I think that's the biggest piece for me is when, like, I got not have time to get into this, but, um, you know, people are always recommending pastors and, and different podcasts and check out this sermon. Um, and I'm real leery to listen um, to certain things, uh, especially if how they've spoken has not been something that I, that, looks like it brings glory and honor to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like we we kind of overlook, we just push it aside. I'm like, man, I, like I don't think that's how Jesus would talk. Like there's some pretty known pastors and I'm I'm just not sure that would be um, the level in which Jesus would would be like if he was still on earth. So I, I'm always just a little more leery. People will share it or um, even people on our team. I'm like, ah, I just don't listen to that person anymore because how they've spoken has not edified the church, mm-hmm. and I because it's a verse like this, like, yeah. and I'm going, man, I because I go, man, what I say is it matters gravely, and I take this really seriously. Like that gifting came with a responsibility, and um, so I want to be really mindful of that. So I'm always really, really careful of even the people I listen to. Like, hey, are again, are there words? bringing glory and honor to Jesus. Like Jesus gave life in how he spoke, even if he spoke harshly or truthfully, maybe is the better word. Jesus spoke truthfully. He still gave life and hope to people. Yeah. Like there's a lot of pastors, especially now with social media and clips and all the, man, it just is like, that doesn't seem like it sounds like Jesus. Yeah. I, I, I don't care how great a way they exegeted the text. If it doesn't line up with, what Jesus would be like. I'm like, I just, I just don't want to listen to that. I don't have time for that. And so I think that's being really mindful. That's how I look at it in my own life. And so for you guys too, is, you know, even the people you're looking at, like those should be the brand. Again, the verse we use was Paul. 
follow my example as I follow Christ. To yeah. say that is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, right, right. <laughs> like is crazy. Even the Hebrews 13 passage, that's what they said. They follow them. Like listen to them. Show them respect and authority. Like because they've taught you this faith. And so um, I think those, we should be, we should be looking at that, right? Everybody who calls himself a pastor, man, I, sometimes again, I, I'm just not sure if that's the, um, I'm just real leery of it. And I hate that because it does a, growing up in a family that does not go to church and then you have some of that too, the people who say they are a pastor and then they speak in the way they do, it it hurts our, the work that we're trying to achieve. You know what I mean? Like in that oh, way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, too, you know, in, a, in so many areas of life, I think of like, uh, right, we're both sports guys. We both listen to, radio shows and podcasts and whatever else about about the teams that we enjoy watching or whatever whatever else it is. And a lot of the times there, it's like, hey, I'm going to eat the meat and spit out the bones. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm going to listen to this right. guy and I know he has yeah. some, he makes some assumptions and he has some preferences. He's mm-hmm. got his own teams that he likes and his own athletes that he likes. Uh, and he says this thing and I think that's a really good point, but some of the stuff, you know, maybe it's not so much. And I think it's really, really easy for us to take that logic and apply it to pastors mm-hmm. and preachers yep. and other voices or talking heads within within the faith side of things. But I think that's a really dangerous comparison to try to make of like, man, hey, I hear this this thing this preacher is saying and I agree with this thing. So I'm just gonna, you know, take the meat and spit out the bones. But if other things that person is saying is indicating a a harsh heart or a mm-hmm. Uh, again, a negative tongue speaking death over entire groups of people or mm. theologies or people that buy into uh, things that they maybe don't believe in. To your point yesterday, that's got to be an indication of the position of our heart. So right. it's just one of those things. I mean, to your point, again, we're sent stuff all the time and it's like, hey, listen to this thing. And, and though it may be okay, the thing that this person huh. said may be okay. It also, you just kind of have to be real cautious. Very. I think... I think it's an appropriate caution, again, based on the beginning of this text. Um, I think it's a very appropriate caution for, for people to move forward with. And, and just as a teacher, the reminder is everybody listening mm-hmm. all the time. And you're, especially nowadays in age with the phones and video and internet, it just doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. And so I appreciate the guys who do make comments or say things. And then there is a... Uh, repentance in it. And sure. you can see that. And again, that's what we all are called to do. We're called to repent. And so for me, it's when they're not and they still continue to speak that way worries me. Like you said, it reveals mm-hmm. something else deeper about their heart yeah. and that they don't have anybody close to them in their life who's able to call them out and be like, Dude, what are you doing? Right? <laughs> right. And that's the first right. one, right? Like the first challenge was out of yesterday was, I mean, you just need to repent and confess. Yeah. And yeah, we do that to God. But again, what we've been uh, banging the drum for is to be in a discipleship group with people who hold you accountable. And so when you say, yeah, I said this, they're like, what? Yeah. Why would you speak that way? That's like, are you kidding me? And so again, if I'm, like, if you came up to me and you said, Josh, I can't believe you said that, or I heard you say, but whatever. And I was like, well, too bad, man. I'm just going to keep doing it. That yeah. would reveal a massive issue, right? Yeah, with yeah. my heart that I'm not willing to to listen and take that to heart. And so I'm always really mindful of, of that. I guess, too, being a dad also, not just being a teacher, being a dad, I think my the word piece is such a big part. Um, I know uh, 
I think there were some other dads who had reached out and just chatted with me. I think we all feel that. Like we have a real opportunity with, especially with our boys, like there's a balance of trying to raise them in a way to be men who follow after Jesus um, and do that with discipline, yet also do that with love. And mm-hmm. like that, I just, that was the thing all week. I felt this burden or a couple of weeks felt this burden of like, as a dad, my words are so powerful for my sons. I don't want them to carry baggage because in my anger, this is what I did, you know? That's really good. And that almost kind of uh, makes the point of the first couple of verses of James chapter three, where it is um, drawing, uh, you know, the stark warning around leaders. And again, in that same way, right? We've all, we all likely remember things that people in authority over us when Mm -hmm. we were kids said. And for some of us, that's positive. Like, you know, they spoke life over us and Uh they, they uh, showed us that we could be more than what we thought we could be ourselves. And it was like really positive and life-giving. And for others of us, some of those core memories are really negative and mm-hmm. you're not worth anything. And they were, they were speaking death over us. And in the same way, for those of us who are leaders, like as we say things, mm-hmm. people remember. Yep. Like when they look to you for authority, they're going to remember they don't the forget. words. No, they're going to remember the words you said. They have an impact. Um, so I think it is a, again, it's a stark warning. It's a weight that I think we should all feel. And I, yeah, I really like that, um, that parallel of parenting and uh-huh. kind of what James is trying to, I think, get us to uh, with our text there because it is important. We yeah. want to speak life. Which is why I appreciate like, you know, Jason and his, you know, so when we started Romans and he was always real um, like, hey, check my sermon out. Tell me what you think. Yeah. But with Romans, we really made it a, a, an effort now that we meet. We all look at the sermons. We talk about them. Because, I, again, the weight that he says, man, he knows what he's saying is heard by thousands of people yeah. every week. And he wants to make sure that the right message is heard because he doesn't shy away, as we all know, doesn't shy away from saying really hard things. Yep. So he wants it to be said. In, and we've been in that. And Brendan yeah. and I have read the sermon. And, and many times, I'm like, man, I don't think I'd say that. Like, I just wouldn't say it that way in that, sure. in that manner. And he's... He's taking it out, right? And so that humility of our leader going, hey, I want to make sure that I'm very clear and what I'm saying is going to connect. I think then that's why I think our team even more so takes it as serious as we do because our leader is taking it very seriously. What he says every week as he communicates because he's really mindful and doesn't want to misquote Jesus or the scriptures, but also wants to speak the truth to people. And that actually that uh, I was just thinking about like, there's people listening right now that are like, oh, so are we not going to call truth, truth? Are we just not going to say the hard thing? Is that what we're saying? Uh -uh. If you've been here for more than three minutes, yes, you know that we're going to say the hard thing. We're going to call sin, sin. But what we don't have to do in that, right? Like this is not about speaking truth. We're going to speak truth. We're going to call sin, sin. What we don't have to do though, in calling sin, sin, what we don't have to do is call sinners worthless. (laughs) Exactly. Right? We don't have to demoralize people that fall into their own specific sin category. Uh, We can call sin, sin, while also speaking life and and hope Mm -hmm. into the people who find themselves in the midst of that sin. So it is a a balance we're going to draw, right? We're not going to shy away from saying the hard thing and and doing the thing that we really believe uh, biblically we're called to do. Um, But there are people who 
say, hey, I'm going to speak the truth. And they're going to use that as a shield to not have to also exercise grace. And that's when we get really, really sideways really quickly. So that's really good. Well, let's talk then a little bit about um, you had these four points right at the end of the message, and that was kind of your application. You just touched on the first one, right? It was um, uh, re- confess and repent, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, when you find yourself in a position to where you are, um, you know, thinking the worst, speaking the worst of someone else. That was one other note that I had. It's funny. Uh, like 12 years ago-ish, real young in the first ministry I served in. And uh, I had this uh, leader, mentor, one of the guys that had hired me, you had this line that was just, think the best, speak the best. Mm. And it was like, hey, when, when in doubt, think the best, speak the best. Move yeah. the people around you. If you're not sure of the motivations, if you're not sure of why they're doing the things that they're doing, uh, our default should be to uh, think that they're trying to help, doing something positive, and speak as if we, we buy into that. And your message yesterday made me think of like, oh gosh, like sometimes I shy away from that. Like sometimes I fall away from that idea mm. of, um, man, we're on the same team here. We're on the same team. Well, let's think the best, speak the best, and have a conversation about it mm-hmm. for sure. That was a total aside tangent. Um, but when it comes to confession and repentance, you had hit on, hey, what environments are we in to where we're surrounding ourselves with people who are able to guide us in that, yep. right? Because for us, like when we say a thing, we're, we're saying it because we at some level believe it. Right. So like if I say something that's speaking death over someone else, I'm I've already convinced myself I believe that thing. I'm buying in. And if there's not someone around me that can call that out in me, mm-hmm. um, how am I gonna change? How am I going to be called into confession and repentance mm-hmm. there? You had hit on uh, discipleship groups being a, a key component, like that's one of the key components of our discipleship groups. But I also love yesterday we had, uh, Josh, you and I had a mutual friend who came up to us and made this really profound comment and admission, which was, um, hey, I do this sometimes. And if I ever do it around you, could you tell me to knock it off? Yep. And I was like, oh, the humility that it takes to say that out loud mm-hmm. and to walk up to someone that you spend time with, that loves you, that that you do, you have to share meals with and to say, hey, I do this sometimes. Mm-hmm. And if you hear me do it, could you call me out? Even if you're not in a discipleship group, at least having the humility to say that to a couple of people in your lives and ask them to hold you accountable, I think is a great first step. What else should we be doing along those same lines? I think that's exactly it. I think it's, um, you know, as we read the word and we should be convicted by the word and then we should change, right? So the next couple go with the change piece. So we can feel the conviction all day long. Uh, and really do ultimately feel bad about what we are saying and feel like, man, I have not been giving a life, but then what is the path to change? So the next two kind of fit into that, right? The first one was, if we're going to speak like how God speaks, who brought order out of chaos with his words, well, we have to know what God says more often. Right. Um, And just thinking through all of the stuff we put in is what, you know, ends up coming out. It's the stuff that fills our heart. Um, So how do we read more of God's word and meditate on God's word? You know, I was thinking through our spiritual discipline stuff about reading the word, but also memorizing scripture. So that's the stuff that comes out. Those are the, you know, some of the CTO tools, you know, they have a couple memorization tools. You're talking about renewing your mind um, because that goes into it too. Uh, One of them is just catch, 
Right, there's catch and claim and compete, all that. But I always am like, if I can just catch that terrible thing before I get it, it usually helps a whole lot. Yeah. Um, but I've got to be meditating on those scriptures and uh, reading the reading those the words of God because that is the thing that I store up in my heart, and that's the stuff that changes me. So I think that's got to be the key. Is like, okay, I feel the conviction, but if I just keep doing what I'm doing. I'm ultimately going to be right here because to James's point, no human can tame the tongue. So we yeah. need the, to walk by the Spirit and live by the Spirit, and we need to engage with the Spirit in this area and every day. And for some of us, it is an everyday thing. We wake up every day and have to go, Lord, today, help me control my tongue. Help me today control the tongue, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's what we have to do. And then that third one was, which I think is probably the best one, is just stop talking so much. Like, I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, ultimately, it was like, just be slow to speak. And we were talking about this before we got on. What what happens is, is it's our self-justification hmm. is why we have, we feel like we have to defend ourselves about everything, about all of our opinions and our stances, even our, like, convictions that we find near and dear about the word. Um, we, we move from this place, I think we start thinking we're defending God and, and it's really just I'm defending me and my desire to be right and really to prove you wrong. That's yeah. that's what I think we're trying to do. And we just say, and it's in those moments, we say things and you can't get them back. Mm. And that's James's, that's the be. Uh, it's like he already told yeah, us that. Yeah. yeah the first quick chapter. to listen, slow to speak. We just, we flip right past that. And stop getting angry. Stop getting angry. And so, but but it's out of our anger. Oh, it's always out of your anger. You fly off and uh, say something. And again, once it's out there, like to your point is people, they don't forget it. Especially if you have influence in their lives, your spouses, your kids, and all of us have that. Every one of us have things we've said in our anger and frustration and we go, man, I wish I could take that back. Even yeah. if you repent and then seek reconciliation. Yeah, but Josh, shouldn't they forgive and forget? They don't. They don't. They don't. That's I'm right. one of the most common misconceptions. Is like, yeah, forgive- forgiveness is real. Absolutely, we should be seeking forgiveness. But it's not as if forgiveness just erases that thing from our memory. Mm-hmm. Like it, it still causes damage. Uh-huh. And Massive damage yeah. for some, which goes to the last point of stay mindful of final judgment. Yeah that we'll have to give an account for everything we say. Jesus says every empty word you've spoken, which is terrifying. Yeah. Like absolutely terrifying. Mm-hmm. Been a lot of words. <laughs> Been a lot. And I don't even talk that much. Yeah, I was going to say, you're, not, yeah, you're not even a talker. I don't talk much. Still a lot of words. And just, so we had somebody come up uh, and said, well, what about, but I've been, but like that was before I've been forgiven you know, I, I've given my life to Jesus. What's our response as a pastor? What do we say to him, like, in that moment, right? Like, how do we, because maybe there's some of you who were thinking that yesterday. I told you, you're going to give an account for every word, and you're like, what? Wait a minute. I thought I was covered by the blood of Jesus. Like, how, how do we respond to them? It's like, yes, you are covered <laughs> by the blood of Jesus. Praise God. It doesn't make the whole thing go away. Doesn't make we the whole just, thing we go just away. We have an opportunity to acknowledge everything that we've done. Yeah. And it's scary, and it's not going to be great, but at the end of the day, Again, for those of us who persevere in our faith, mm-hmm. who stay strong to the end, who stay living in submission and surrender to the Lord, like 
that's not the end. <laughs> like yes. our judgment is not the end. Right. We will be judged. We see that all throughout scripture. But the end is the fact that we've got a God that loved us enough to send us on Jesus to the cross for us and mm-hmm. that his blood covers a multitude of sins. Yeah, and I'm banking on him stepping in front of me and going, no, no, he's with me. Yeah. I know he was an idiot. Yeah, because, you know, I know he didn't do it right. I know there were things that he should have known better. Because that's the part I think that I'm at in my life now being older is, man, I have no excuse. Uh-huh. Um, when I was 15, and maybe my, like, frontal lobe wasn't fully developed. I Maybe that was my excuse. I have no excuse yeah. at 40. Yeah. I, I just, I know, there's gone. There's no excuse for me uh, to speak that way or to not slow down or to your point, mm-hmm. even think that in the first place. Yeah. Like I have no excuse. And so when it's, I'm constantly thinking those things, I'm beginning to ask myself, what's, there's something deeper in me. What am I, what's going on inside of me? Like one of my prayers, I always tell people is, um, I always try to ask myself in my prayer time, like, what am I happy about? Uh, what am I sad about? But I, the third question I always ask myself about is, what am I angry about? Mm. And so it helps me to get underneath of what's actually the thing that I'm um, angry about. Um, and usually it's uh, some right, you know, if you're a CTO person, some right that I've not been given that I think I deserve. <laughs> and yeah. And I don't deserve that. And so it's been really helpful. But again, that's just in my on private prayer time is because that's my thing. And so I try to ask myself that and it generally helps. Yeah. The, I, just to land us here, um, I want to, I want people to walk away from this message, not feeling like, gosh, I've done, I've been so bad at this. Like I've been yeah. so, my tongue has been so out of control. Mm. It rules my life. Yep. Like what I say, you know, takes charge and I, I get there all the time. I would yell at my kids constantly. Like, it's frustrating for me. That's my natural. Like, don't land from a place of discouragement. Because, Josh, you and I both know people and have, like, actually seen people do this work in their lives to whereas by, and have done it in our own lives, might I add, Uh to whereas by, like, you were not created this way. You do not have to stay this way. You can actually change this part of your life. And I think that's the hopeful piece is, like, through confession and repentance and turning away from what may feel most natural to you in yelling or saying the thing that comes to your mind immediately or Mm. whatever it is, like you can start to shift and turn that ship just a little bit in the direction of Jesus uh, and trying to honor him with everything that we say. Oh yeah, absolutely. So great example. So I'm, so I am coaching my kids in basketball and I'm by nature just loud and just kind of crazy but real passionate and I always tell our parents like when I'm, I'm like hey I'm really not ever mad at your kids I'm just like I, I'm just intent because that's how it was with me as a coach and um, my coaches were like that as uh, for me and so I, I want to challenge especially boys I want to challenge them yeah. to kind of rise to the betterment of who they are. I think mm-hmm. there's something in that. I think they want the challenge. For sure. I think part of our issue <laughs> culturally is we're not challenging our boys anymore. Again, it's a whole nother conversation. But um, so uh, Saturday, uh, we're playing our 11-12 game and we're getting boat raced. We're down by like 15, man. It's awful. And I, mm-hmm. uh, Judah throws a ball away uh, on an inbounds play. I call a timeout. I'm just furious. I'm like, hey, what are we doing? Like, yeah. And I look at him. I was like, hey, that's on you. You got to own that. And he looked at his team. He goes, that's my fault. And in that moment, he shifted into something different. Um, 
And so we're still down probably like eight, and uh, they keep making him go left. And I've told them all year they're going to keep doing that to him. I don't have him learning from me. But I looked at him. I said, hey, they're playing. All. So I go, it's a foul. Uh, they're shooting free throws. I call him over. I go, I just grab him, and I go, hey, man, pull up and just shoot the jump shot. You got this. And gave him a kiss. I said, love you, buddy. Yeah. And, like, his demeanor shifted. Mm-hmm. Um, and it reminded me, again, of the power of my words as his dad. Yeah. Um, like, I didn't shy away from challenging him before, um, but I, I he needed something. And I was like, I need my words to give him a little bit of life. And I looked at him, and, and when he was going, I was like, hey, make it or miss it. I don't care. Yeah. Like, if you miss a shot, who cares? Like, it's the right shot. But but it was just that real reminder, like, in this moment, just I got to be a dad, right? Obviously, Jill's trying to coach these other kiddos. Um, you know, another kid fouled out. And he's like, man, I'm sorry, coach. Like, no, nah, don't be sorry, man. You played your, your tail off today. Playing hard, yeah. I'm proud of you. Right? Yeah. And again, I have these abilities, like you said, because we're in the lives of people. So just like you said, I want to be more mindful. Because again, to your point, that's not the natural way. That's yeah. not who I was. It's not like God has done a redemptive work in this area of my yeah. life. Even at, again, man, as I've parented now 10 years, have learned to have to be different. Like what my default is has to be so very different. And so there is hope, but it, it has gone. It has not been an easy thing. It's yeah. been a lot of work and a lot of uh, thing. And the family of origin stuff of how you grew up, it, man, it impacts you so greatly. It does. Yeah. Um, and so just being around other men, and watching how they speak to their sons or their daughters, their kids, that's been a super helpful thing. So even if you're not, to your point, even if you're not in a establishment group, just hang out with other families, yeah. other Christians further down the road. And what I've loved is I've had older dads confess how they've blown it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been really helpful as a warning, yeah, uh, as a very, very stark warning of like, hey, man, you don't get that stuff back. So be very mindful of that. So that's why we need each other in the faith. I can't hang out with a bunch of uh, uh, people my age. I need people down the road who can be honest with me and and tell me and catch me before I do something that, man, it's hard to come back from. Yeah, words matter. The way you say them matters. What you say matters. Uh, And I think if anything out of this text, we should feel a little bit of the weight of that and want to be better. Yeah, within the church too. We should how we speak to one another and about one another Hmm. we should be very mindful of that James is going to a couple more chapters in this book he's going to talk about that that was an issue they clearly were not speaking about each other in edifying ways so how are we as church people doing that like gossiping counts for not using our tongue correctly it does (laughs) so we got to be really mindful of that (laughs) that's good awesome thanks man we'll uh, chat real soon